Welcome to All or Nothing in Real Estate, an exclusive real estate platform created to take your real estate career to the next level. My name is Matt Smith and I run the number 15 real estate team in the nation. For years, I've had mentors and colleagues pour into me and now it's my turn to give back. This is not your typical real estate podcast. I work in the trenches every single day and I'm offering you real advice, no bullshit, no fluff, no theories, these are proven processes that will take you to the next level no matter where you are in your business. My team was also featured as an Inc. 5000 fastest growing company in the nation, and I'm also a real estate coach through Cheplak Select Coaching as just another way for me to give back. So I have just one question. Are you ready to give it your all or nothing? Welcome back to All or Nothing in Real Estate. We've got a great episode for you today. We've got a special guest, um, and he is going to break down his journey of how he came. He was an agent in another company, came and joined our team, doubled his income the first year on our team, and then doubled it again the second time. So how an agent doubled his income two years in a row while he joined a real estate team. So welcome Eric Keene to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Eric, we're glad to have you. Um, and as always, we've got our um, our amazing co-host, Colin, here. Colin, hey, say everybody. hi. I'm excited to hear more of Eric's story. I've watched him uh, excel over the years and uh, excited to kind of dive deep into what brought you to where you are today. Yeah. 100%. The thing I'm most excited about is that this is not theory, right? We say that all the time in the promos, and this 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 is all about what we actually know and what we've done, what we've experienced. It's It's proven. It's not theory. Um, we're, we're in the trenches every day. And so there's a lot of clickbait out here in the industry and different sales and um, the Instagram entrepreneur that makes their money by selling you a class on how to make money. And that's the only thing they've ever a done. A dime a dozen. Make money. Yes. Join my class yeah. and yes. make one of your own. Yes, 100%. And so what I really love about this is that this is true. Like Eric was a, he had been in the business about two years, mm-hmm. joined a team, which most people have the perception of you join a team, you make less money. But not only did he double his income the first year joining the team, but he doubled it again in the second year. And so this is actual, Eric's going to break down what has helped him accomplish that for him and his family, the steps that you can take. And I think it's important too, this is going to be twofold. So if you're an agent, maybe this will open your eyes to maybe you should consider joining a team. If you're an agent on a team, what tools, techniques, stuff has Eric done that can help you excel. And if you're a team leader, what do you need to set up in your business to set your team up for success? Mm-hmm. 100%, yeah, because it works both ways. Um, being able to uh, seek out success on your own and then also be in an environment that uh, helps you move towards that. So, Eric, two years ago, uh, or no, I guess it wouldn't be almost, two years. Almost four years ago. Four years ago, yeah. you got into the world of real estate, I guess. No, four years ago, you joined the team. Joined the team. Really? I know, it's been that Dang. long. Okay, all right, so I'm, I'm being educated. As this Time flies along. when you're having fun. Okay, so how long ago did you start uh, into the world of real estate? 40 years ago. No, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, you look good for <laughs> Thank you. No, 2016. 2016. Yep. Dang. And what kind of got you interested in that? So not that I was in like a dead end job. I was working with a great Fortune 500 company, um, a national auto parts retailer. And I worked with a lot of great people, but then I also worked with uh, some unsavory people. It was a very bureaucratic environment. And I just wasn't seeing all the growth potential that I was really seeking out with it. And I felt like not only for myself, but for my family, I needed to make a change. 
Got it. And why real estate? You know, just HGTV. No, no. <laughs> I, you can go with the classic. Well, I just like looking at homes. Yeah, yeah. It all looks so easy. Um, no, honestly, I never really saw myself getting into sales, and I've never really looked at it as I'm a salesperson. Mm-hmm. I look at it as I've always been in customer service-oriented jobs. I mean, my entire life since I was 16, actually 15. So it was kind of that, but also my love for architecture. And so, I don't know, it just seemed like a natural kind of transition. Awesome. So let's let's start about when you started in real estate. You started with a company as just an independent agent, correct? Yes. Um, Talk us through a little bit of that journey. How did it start? How quickly did you start? What were some hurdles you had to overcome? Talk about, go back to 2016. What did your first year look like? Shoot, a lot's happened since then. Um, really, it was it was a great company, a lot of great people, but there were a lot of people. Like we're <laughs> we're turning into a pretty good size company, but there it's like it was hundreds of agents. I mean, you had new agents being added on almost daily, every other day. Wow. Yeah, and so it was just a lot to where quality kind of fell by the wayside. There was really not a lot of training mm-hmm. offered. We didn't have processes per se, like we have with the team. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of unorganized chaos. Yeah, a lot of those environments. And you were, just for clarity, um, you were in a different marketplace. You were about yeah. two hours away from where we're, where we're yeah. serving now. So um, it was close, but still in a different, so it was more of a metropolitan area. So yeah. when you say hundreds of agents, we are the biggest team in our area, but um, in, in perspective. There, it's a little more yeah, of a norm. Sure. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. not that crazy. And so what I'm hearing is you said it was chaos. And so what I have a saying that any anything that you do, if there's not a system or process in place, the default is chaos. Yeah. And so what happens is is a lot of brokerages operate that way, unfortunately. And we're not perfect. I mean, we're working on it every day. There's a lot of things that happen chaotic in our business too. But we are attempting to develop processes to make it towards duplicatable and scalable. And what I think you have experienced is being a part of this environment has given you a roadmap of, oh, when this happens, do this. Versus in a lot of real estate environments, it's a, hey, figure it out. Good luck. Right? Like yeah. you got your license here. Good luck. That's exactly what it was. But again, there were great people, but it's just, yeah, again, didn't have the systems processes that we have. Yeah, gotcha. So heading in the right direction, you're like, all right, this um, is better than what I had before, but not still quite what I'm looking for. What was the transition? Because I don't know the story. What was the transition into joining Matt Smith? It took me a while, like most people, switching brokerages and especially uprooting your family and switching markets i mean granted again it was just a couple hours away but it was it was a lot to process a lot to deliberate on i'm a very stubborn person by default a lot of people are stubborn but i'm like above average (laughs) with my stubbornness um so it took probably a good six months from first contact with ryan matt to officially making the plunge making the move yeah and it was uh it's crazy to think back because i forgot about like you upper your entire family to join the team too so that i mean only that one had, kid at the time yeah only one kid <laughs> yeah but still yeah. that's yeah. that's a huge yeah. decision so um what what were just just out of curiosity what were some of the things that really pushed you over the edge so to speak to help you make that difficult decision um well to be honest i mean non-real estate related it was the fact that we were growing a family so we do have family here 
So, I mean, that was kind of a help in nudging us this direction so we could be closer to family with sure. the kids. Um, but also, I just saw the success of the team that you guys were having, even with how small the team was at that point. Mm -hmm. I mean, it might have been 10, 12 people. If that, maybe. yeah. Yeah, if even. So, yeah, I mean, seeing a lot of that is really what kind of sent us. Yeah, like, all right, they're doing something, right? Oh, Yeah, well, like, uh, I guess it's not smoke and mirrors. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's a huge lesson out there, though, for if you're a team leader, somebody aspiring to bring people like Eric into your team, whatever it is that you, you have goals as a leader to grow your organization, um, you, you have a responsibility to produce success in your organization, and then people will want to join. Um, yeah. A lot of people try to say, well, I need to get Eric so that I can be successful. That wouldn't have worked with you. You had to see the success. That was the first thing that you said. Other than family, business-wise, well, your biggest decision maker, what you just, what I just heard from you was that you saw us being successful, and so it made that decision easier. Very analytical by nature, and it had to be something that was kind of internalized as a motivator. Yeah. Not really a lot of external motivators, but something that I had to develop yeah. myself. Awesome. Matt, as, as a leader, um, what were some of the key things that you saw in Eric that made him something that you were like, we got to add this guy to our team? Like, Because there's a lot of people that you could have chosen from, but I guess as a leader, what are some of those uh, things? Because you, you tend to have a knack for seeing uh, potential in an individual and saying, you're perfect. Let's let's draw that to the highest level. Yeah, so it wasn't so much a scientific experiment. Um, <laughs> it was more of a, I had known Eric because we went to high school together. Um, right. I actually graduated, yeah. with his, I graduated with his older brother. Yeah. Um, and so I'd kind of known him. Um, and I was, as we were growing our team, it's easier. So on our team, we're culture first. Mm -hmm. And so it's easier to grow if you know you can find people that are good people. And so that's really where it started is I, I think we were social media friends. I'm like, oh, I didn't know he was in real estate. And so I talked with Ryan and said, hey, do we think he'd be a good fit? And then we just started reaching out. Right. And that's really where it started is because we knew we had the systems and we can help people be successful. But to us, it was more about getting the right people. And we already knew Eric. We knew that he was a good person and we knew that we, we could mm -hmm. help. You can teach someone anything, but you can't teach them their internal yep. uh, motivators, I yep. guess, in general. So. Find, I guess your tip there is basically find good people first uh, instead of just the talent. Yeah, and that's, yeah. I mean, that's that's scaled even to today. Like we yeah. don't, it's crazy to think of our, like our end of year review last year. Like I asked everybody who, who's, who, who had zero real estate experience before joining our team mm -hmm. in the whole room. Like everybody's hand goes up. Yeah. And look at it, and, and we are able to have the success that we have, but it goes back to the systems and processes we develop, mm -hmm. but it starts with we hire the right people and then we teach them the skill sets. Solid. So Eric, what was it like your first week, <laughs> your first like couple of months transitioning? You've uprooted your life, you've uh, transitioned over. What was different once you kind of stepped into the world of uh, Matt Smith Real Estate Group? So some of the stuff that was definitely different was things like, because at that point we were being introduced to a brand new CRM. So that was new for everybody. So getting to learn some of those new tools um, that was a big thing and not something that I ever had access to with my previous company. You know, wasn't any kind of tools, anything like that given to me. Um, but definitely environment too, because I went from, of course, being individual agent to being a part of a team with an actual onboarding process, training, 
um, you know, to make sure you're actually going to get on your feet and running. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was definitely a change, but a positive change. So let's talk about the training, onboarding technology. You mentioned all three of those. Um, what are some, some tips for people out there that are looking to double their income? What are some of those things that really helped propel your career to do that? So big time and what we've really been hitting on, I would say for the past year or two, um, a big tool that we've been utilizing is absolutely accountability. Um, that has been huge and you don't have to be a part of a team to seek accountability. Heck, even if you have somebody outside of real estate, um, you can bounce things off of them, your goals, your commitments, and really just sticking to those. I mean, that's been, I think that's been very beneficial for everybody on the team. Yeah. Agents or not. Thousand percent. To yeah. the point that it became one of our core values. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, one of our core values is accept responsibility. And um, as Matt says a lot, uh, accountability is the highest form of love. And we definitely have created an environment. But well, that's neat that you're like from day one, because I'm curious about like the, the formative years of Matt Smith Real Estate Group. You're saying even from day one, it was, hey, yeah. tell me what your goals are. All right. I'm going to hold you to those. And then you're like, oh, well, shoot, now I guess I have to do it. Yeah, so we, I mean, we created our goals and then just that consistency of people being in the office around each other every day because we wanted to be around each other. We're a quote unquote family. So it's like, we actually enjoy spending time with one another, not just traditional coworkers. Yeah. Um, so it was only natural that, you know, we we're bouncing issues off of one another and our goals, what we're hoping to achieve and mm -hmm. help stick to it. It almost sounds like culture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, so part of our culture though is accountability like you mentioned, but I'm curious if you can go back about four years now, go back to when you first started. Um, you mentioned our onboarding process, our tech stack that we had, the training that you got. Um, somebody that is maybe thinking about making the transition or somebody that's newer in the business or somebody that wants to start a team that has that to set somebody up for success like you've you've the success you've achieved what are the key starting points that you felt like were big lever movers for you when you first joined the team so i mean getting actual training before i was just kind of tossed out there even though i had been in real estate for a couple of years it was at that point unlearning a lot of bad habits yep. that I had previously. And so that's honestly been a big thing for our team. Honestly, a lot of these people brand new to real estate get off to a much better start Yes, because they don't have that. But then having the actual training, you know, things like role-playing and again, accountability and setting actual attainable goals, but then also stretch goals, um, you know, just kind of that collective mix and just ongoing training. It's not just, oh, just more meetings. You know, it's actual worthwhile stuff that's going to be beneficial. Thousand percent. And so there's a difference. So onboarding and training is part of it, but there's another part that's a, a very critical step to productivity, and that's skill building. Yeah. And so I think that we have a good um, foundation of both. Training is useless if you don't implement what you learn, right? Yep. And so you have to train people, then you have to master what you've learned. You have to be take action on that. So you have the five, uh, five steps to productivity. Number one is training. The key to training is to master what you train. Number two is action. Training without action is worthless, right? Number three is accountability. You have to be accountable for those actions you need to take on that training that you did. Number four is skill building. So skill building and training are two separate things. 
Training, you need to master what you've learned, take action on that, and that action, if you're held accountable to it, produces a skill. What can I do to increase that skill now? And skill building is what I think has really helped propel you is because you had some of the training, some of the basics, yeah. but skill building, building those skills in yourself and holding yourself accountable to those has really kind of helped propel your career. Well, and then it's kind of like we had also discussed too. It's like you hit those marks, you hit those goals, and then you turn that into the new standard. Yep. And then you just keep building and building and building. thousand percent. Your accomplishment is your new standard. Um, so you said, oh, sorry, the fifth step is recommit. So once that's the fifth step to productivity. If you don't commit, doesn't matter. So you heard Eric said a couple of times he makes goals, but he also makes commitments. And so that's the internal dialogue that we use because we have an accountable environment. And a, a goal is useless if you're not committed to it, right? And so um, you said unlearn some bad habits. That's funny that you said that. I don't know if you and I have ever had this conversation, Eric, but I – I talk about this a lot when we're talking about growing and specifically back in those days is that I felt it was going to be easier to hire brand new people than to get somebody else to get them into our system because they would have to unlearn a lot of things and a lot of maybe not bad habits, but different way that they do business. Because for you to be successful on our in our organization, you have to you have to trust the process and do it the way that we do it. And if you do it the way that we do it, it works every single time. Yeah. But we don't have to untrain those other habits that have been built from people that have been in other organizations. So um, what are some of those bad habits uh, that you feel like you had to unlearn? Um, so a couple that come to mind. Um, I know, honestly, I think in one of our very first conversations, I had made a comment about when I was with my previous company, like some of the, uh, the leads and whatnot that I got. I would refer to some of them as bad leads. Mm. And so that was a big, big obstacle, big mindset that I had to overcome was seeing, you know, leads, prospective buyers as bad leads. Like, oh, well, they just told me they're just browsing. They don't want to do anything right now. Instead of continuously following up and doing what I could to just provide value, provide service. Yep. Absolutely. The fortune's in the follow-up and it's yep. your job to provide value to them. If they're just looking, just browsing, that's great. Because what happens after you look? You buy. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it's, it's, I think that's, that's a huge mindset shift. And so we, we have a um, internal is we don't say the word bad leads Yeah. because they're not leads, they're opportunities, number one. Um, and we don't sell people, we help people. And yep. so when you change your mindset and change your perspective, you look at it from a whole different lens. And I mean, the proof is in I mean, I don't know a lot of people that have doubled their income once in a 12-month period, but then to do it twice, I mean, the proof speaks for itself. I mean, Eric did the work. He, he was willing to unlearn the things that he had that had not gotten him to where he wanted to get and then put in the work to accomplish it. But it's so important to realize he said it started with his mindset. Mm -hmm. Mindset and accountability. If you can do those two things, there's a lot of things you can accomplish in this world. Yeah. 100%. Something, Matt, that you hit a little bit earlier that I think is really important to, to underscore is the fact that um, uh, training new agents can actually be less of a headache than training uh, seasoned agents um, if you have good processes. Because what you're saying is, and we're seeing this uh, already work, we've got a lot of um, people who have never worked in real estate before and they're already crushing it because they've, they're not having to unlearn anything at this point. So I guess for new leaders who are nervous about the idea of growing um, and like, well, we have to get someone who's proven this, um, obviously um, it speaks for itself. If you have solid processes, then 
um, you're not gonna have to unteach everything and reteach. Yeah, and so yes and no. So, yes, it is easier because it's easier to train the processes for the team mm -hmm. if they're new because they haven't they don't know any different. Right. But there's also there is a hole with hiring a bunch of new agents that I want to make just to be transparent is that there are things that you need to know in this business. There's techniques there's strategies. There's terminology there's contracts there are a lot of things that experienced agents bring to the table and so what has helped us is that we have a mentor program for those new agents mm -hmm. that somebody like eric that has the knowledge they can lean on um, and we have leadership and we have a um, we have a great team that wants to help each other and lift each other up and so if somebody has a question even if they're not eric's mentor or, or direct report or any of that nonsense it doesn't matter they can call eric and eric's willing to help because of the environment we created um, and so i think that they're just important to note yes you are accurate however there are holes in hiring just brand new agents as well it's not not a perfect system yes. now that makes a lot of sense and you mentioned our mentor slash mentee program eric i believe that you're you're part of that yeah for uh, actually i've got three mentees now and at first when I was approached about it, I mean, I've never really seen myself as being much of a teacher. Um, if anything, I'm a bit of a tornado when it comes to my business. I try to, you know, time block and everything. So I was like, man, how am I going to teach these brand new agents good habits? And what I found and what we've discussed is by being a part of that as a mentor, it gets me back to the basics. Mm -hmm. And in fact, my first two mentees, my third one's brand new, so still remains to be seen. But my first two, in uh, like the first or second week of each of them coming on, I actually got four under contract no each way. time. Yeah, so imagine that because I was getting back to the basics. And in turn, while I was going through that, I'm teaching them good habits. 100%. And so Sounds like a really healthy relationship. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, financially and also being able to teach them, um, not leave them hanging as they're mm. getting into a brand new career. Thousand percent. And it, it also, there's another part. So he said, back to the basics. Mastery wins every single time. So part of the struggle of unlearning bad habits is you've been a licensed agent for two years before you joined the team. It would have been easy for you to say, well, I already know how to do that stuff. Yep. You were able to humble yourself, which is part of our core value system, right? And say, all right, these people have been successful. Let me just trust the system. And so you putting that trust in the system to unlearn what you thought you already knew, that's part of what Colin was saying with hiring new agents. They don't know any other system, so it's easy to bring them in. But if they're able to humble themselves and remove their ego from the situation and say, all right, let's, let's give it their all, our all on these systems, it works every time. Back to the basics always wins. And then Eric has said it earlier, but he said it here too, just in a different way, is the accountability that he has had to experience and endure while being a mentor has even propelled his business even further because there's people looking over his shoulder and he yep. wants to lead by example. Mm -hmm. And so he's more accountable to help set them up for success and look at the results in his business. It's like, what are you doing today, Eric? And you're like, uh, well, I guess, <laughs> I guess I gotta be busy. Uh. Not only my business, but also, I mean, I'm proud to say, again, my third one's brand new, yeah. so he's still getting his feet wet. But the first two, it's they're really successful. They're doing well. They're out showing. I mean, and they've only been at it for a few weeks, and yep. they're just, you know, it's Watching been, been awesome. I, that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. All right, so let's go back to your first year you doubled your income. If you had to pick one thing 
that helped you double your income in your first year? If, if there's an agent out there watching that says, I want to double my income, how do I do it? What's that one tip you would give them? Hitting me with the trick questions. Um, so honestly, I would say, and it's going to be vague, but I would say just having dedicated processes as far as you know, being able to prospect and reach out to clients, having the right things to say, answer, ask, acknowledge, ask, and just having quality conversations um, versus, oh, they're just another bad lead. Mm. You know, not seeing them as an opportunity, seeking to change their life through the largest transaction they may ever make in their life. Mm. Um, so mindset also, again, yeah. So that was that. a very difficult question, but I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to know where your brain's at. So what I heard was having a, so you said processes and people with my personality, like, uh, processes, yuck. Um, <laughs> I just want to be the bulldozer and make shit happen. Right. But it's the, the processes are important. And I think what Eric is saying is that coming into the team, we had technology, we had coaching, we had training, we have accountability, we have everything that you need to be successful. But what really stood out to him in his first year was he had a system he could follow with these leads he was getting. Mm -hmm. And whenever you have that system that is, all right, here's my guardrails of what I do with these opportunities of people that I want to help, that really helped propel his business quickly. Versus working on accident, he had a plan to work yep. on purpose. Mm -hmm. And so if you are an agent, make, if, you, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. I don't know anybody that's a real estate agent. If I asked him, hey, do you plan to fail today? I don't know anybody that's going to say yes, but how many of them have a written plan of what they're going to do today for the week, for the month, for the yeah. year? And so having a plan and a process of what you, so we have a cadence with how we communicate with our leads. We have a cadence with what our scripts are. Um, we have um, uh, just different processes we have built out to make sure that we are helping these people that are raising their hand. That's what a lead is, a hand raiser, right? And yeah. I think if the biggest takeaway that I'm taking from what Eric said is that developing that system and process for your cadence of how you follow up with leads based on what situation they're in and then actually sticking to it. Yeah. Now, uh, Eric, we said that you doubled your income um, by making those changes, but then you doubled it again. Was there any significant event um, or mindset shift that happened when you went, wow, I'm doing really fantastic. I'm going to ramp it up again. Because if you double your income, you're like, all right, I'm sitting pretty good. I could, I could stop here. What made the shift as far as, oh, I want to keep going? Um, kind yeah. of on that piece of your accomplishment becomes your new standard, I guess. What? No, no, I just took those tools and simply multiplied it by two. That's <laughs> no, no. It's um, super simple. It's just math. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of it was as we were, even at that point, we were beginning to build the team. So I think a lot of it fell on having that team environment. I found that I could lean on the team where mm -hmm. I needed help, where I needed showing partners, where I needed assistance, you know, with virtually anything. So, I mean, that was a big aspect of it. And then again, I know I'm beating it to death, but accountability, just having like-minded people with like-minded goals, achievements that they're aspiring towards. I mean, that's, that's huge. So it's let me, a motivator. Let me, let me jump in here. All right. Um, so I'm going to jump in after you. Go yes. for it. <laughs> so first and foremost, proximity is power. 
We yeah. did a whole episode on this, Colin. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this and you want to learn more about what Eric is talking about, go back and listen to the episode on proximity is power um, because you are the average of the five people you hang around. Yep. So what Eric said, Colin's question was very specific. How did you double your income the second year? Mm-hmm. Two years in a row, you doubled your income, right? So you, you quadrupled your income in two years. Yes. Right? So how the, and you said the biggest factor was your environment. So think about that. If you are an agent, what is your environment you're putting yourself in every single day? Mm-hmm. And if you are building a team, building a, a culture, what environment are you setting as an example for your agents to become successful? Because yeah. we have a part of, we're a culture, we're a family. You've mentioned that we love each other. We go to team events. We have all the stuff that we, that you need to do to build a culture, but we are very, very highly accountable and we have very, very driven and motivated people with high, very, 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 um, admirable goals and commitments to help change their lives for them and their families. And it's being around that environment is really what's helped propel your career to where it is today. Is that because you, again, it sounds very, very simple, but you, you become who you hang around. Yeah. And so if you hang around, if you hang around five druggies all the time, guess what? You're going to be the sixth. Mm-hmm. If you hang around five millionaires all the time, guess what? You're going to be the sixth. And so being in this environment of people that have ambition, have goals, want more, are good people, truly helping people through this vehicle of real estate has really helped double your income the second year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's that's really what I heard. You said that so eloquently. Thank you. I just haven't I had enough coffee. I couldn't get to yeah. it. I mean, he took what you said and he just made it pretty. I just put a bow on it, man. <laughs> No, that's so important as, as a leader to look at your environment and say, what kind of an environment do I have right now? Is it fostering? Is everyone here lifting each other up? But as a leader, yes. Yeah. But also as somebody that's in that environment that's not a leader, look around. Mm-hmm. Do you have people around you that you want to be? Are there people that are lifting you up? Are they negative? Are they gossip? Or are they somewhere you want to aspire to be? Does your environment motivate you and inspire you? Or does it bring you down? And that's the thing. Virtually everybody on our team, staff, agent, whatever it may be, in some aspect of how they operate, they're a leader to somebody. Maybe not directly, but it's... No, 1,000%. 1,000%. And that's because of the environment that we create and because of people like you stepping up and volunteering to be a leader without the title, right? You don't have to be a leader to be a leader. And, And I think our environment proves that and like the success you're having as the mentor program mm-hmm. like even if we didn't have the program you'd still do that for him oh absolutely 100 percent, yeah. right like because look at the smile on his face if you're watching on video <laughs> well, his body language changed he absolutely the feeling he gets by helping people that's no, why he's a leader he it's loves incredible it. yeah yeah and again i've been doing this for 40 years so i've got all the knowledge <laughs> so i'm sorry to cut you off you're talking from team leader i just i, I from a Team leader building an environment is absolutely 1,000% crucial. Yes. But I wanted to paint the picture. If Right now, if you're not a leader, mm-hmm. look around. What does your environment look like? So one of the things that I always – I try to be the dumbest person in the room at all times. Mm-hmm. I want – Easy. Yeah, it's not very hard for me. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> no, that was a compliment to you because I'm dumbest, not you. Yeah. yeah. So, no, 100%. It's easy for me to do, but I intentionally do that because I want to be in rooms that make me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I want to be around other people that have big aspirations, big goals, because I want to level up in life. And I can't level up if I'm the one. There's too many, there's too many leaders out there that are staying on their pedestal looking down saying, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. Mm-hmm. Guess what's going to happen? People are going to pass you. And I don't want to be passed. 
I want to keep growing. I want to create opportunities for people like Eric, people like Colin, everybody on our team that they can continue to grow to whatever level they want to grow to. And that's the environment that I'm focused on creating every single day. Mm-hmm. No, I, I like that a lot, especially if you're an agent, look around at the team. If you're in a team right now, is the team fostering your success? Are there people you said that you want to be like? Um, because if there's not, or, or they have qualities, if there's not, then you need to take a hard look at where you're at and say, okay, so if I'm just gonna be the average of what's here and there's nothing that I'm moving towards, if I'm the best here, then I can't get any better. So there's so much, so many layers to this. So ego is a big problem in our business. And so what Eric did, I said, I said it in a different way, but what he did was he, was he humbly joined the team, removed all the knowledge that he had in the past and said, all right, I'm gonna do what the team is gonna do. What he really did was removed his ego. There's people that could come in real estate. It's easy to have an ego, right? Mm-hmm. You got your billboard, you got your picture on signs, all that fun stuff, right? I did have a billboard at one point. But my point is there's a lot of ego in this industry. And if you really want to truly be successful, you have to remove that ego and be willing to be the dumbest person in the room. Be willing to think every environment, like these podcasts, I do a lot of talking, but I promise you, I learn more from you guys than I, than I talk about because I'm always willing to learn. I'm a lifelong learner and I can always learn from somebody. Like there's things that Eric has said that I'm like, shit, I wrote it down because I'm like, yeah, that he's hundred percent right. You know, because I'm always willing to learn in my environment. I strategically surround myself with people that have big goals and big dreams. And there's too many people with the ego that want to be the top producer in their office. Think about that. They want the title of top producer. I want the title of top producer, but I won't have to work for it. Yeah, I want to have to earn it, right? I want to be in an environment where I'm not the top dog, but I have to grow to become that top dog. Mm-hmm. And there's too many people that stay in the environment they're in because, well, I'm I'm the best. I sell more than anybody else in my office. I would argue that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. How are you going to grow? You're going to be stagnant. Yeah, I don't, stagnant. Nothing grows when it's stagnant, right? Well, and that's the thing on the team. Couple buyers, agents, and I. We've consistently, especially lately, we've been hanging around there at the top and we're always kind of motivating one another. We'll ask, how are you doing this week? Yep. And, oh, I just got 200 contract. Where are you at? And so it's things like that, that it's kind of like a, I don't know, almost like a game. Yeah. It's a friendly competition. Yeah. Yeah. Friendly competition. Yeah. Now it's been neat to see the leaderboards constantly rotate that you've got someone else who's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to be on top. Or then someone says, well, no wait, I'm going to change things. So that you've always got a new a level surprise upset, except yeah. it's never an upset. We yeah. applaud everybody's yeah. success. hundred yeah. percent. We all want the best for everybody in the <laughs> yes. environment. That's why it's constantly rotating. Mm-hmm. So Colin's not in sales, but he sees the leaderboards on a weekly basis, right? Yep. So he sees the, the rotation that happens and guess what that creates? Everybody in the environment now strives for more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody. Like that's, that's the, that's the key from what I'm hearing today is everybody wants more because of the environment that we've created. Mm-hmm. 100%. Eric, you talked a lot about accountability. Uh, I'm curious just for, for new agents or for people who are like, okay, I need to get some accountability in my life. How do you, uh, have you found, um, what, what ways of being accountable has worked best for you? So some people, they write out a sheet, they talk, they have a weekly group, they have a mentor. Um, what, what have you found has worked best for you as far as um, having others keep you accountable? So something that we've implemented is self-directed work groups. So we do that on six week rotations and we of course do it weekly. And with that, we choose a partner from the group. We change it up each week um, to see 
how we can best hold one another, one another accountable, whether it be, you know, getting a certain number of dials and certain number of appointments, mm -hmm. but we also throw personal stuff into the mix because it's Why like do we we've do discussed, that? it's all one life. That's right. Work-life balance is bullshit. It doesn't yep. exist. It's one life. Yep. Your work life affects your personal life and your personal life affects your work life. So they're all the same those, thing. Those idiots that say you can leave your work life or your home life at home, are, they're just wrong. You can't. Yeah. It affects you. Yeah. And so we have the environment of we want to help you with your personal life because we realize that'll help you with your business life. We want to help you with your business life because guess what? That'll help you with your personal life. It's all one life. And at the end of each of those weeks, we get to, of course, either celebrate each person achieving those commitments that they made for themselves. Or if they fell short, then we ask, well, what do you feel like got in your way? Mm -hmm. And it's completely open and honest. So nobody's no judgment. judgmental. Yeah, no, no judgment, judgment allowed. Um, Maybe some healthy judging. <laughs> no judgment allowed. None. So that's, I mean, that's, that's a terrible huge. joke, Colin, because there really is no judgment. You can't, <laughs> you can't hold somebody accountable the right way if you're going to judge them. It's, it's impossible. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's been a huge support and a huge help. And so honestly, if I ever hear anybody say, oh, well, I just don't want to do it this round. I'm me personally, it's been huge. So Let's talk about that for a second. So self-directed work groups, there is there is power. Proximity is power. We talked about this, right? Yep. There is power in being willing to be held accountable in a public environment. So it's not it's no longer, and we'll get to this in a minute. We used to do one-on-ones. I used to be in your one-on-ones, Eric. I remember. Like you, mm -hmm. we would have a I would sit down and go through your business. What do you want to be accountable for? Look for holes. How can I help you improve? But we've adjusted as we've grown. And now what we do that it was we do that on a peer-to-peer -peer level. And we do that in a group setting. Yeah. Because there is so much power in public declaration. There's only so much that you are willing to share with one person or that it's a top-down type of environment. Now what it is, it's peer-to-peer -peer and bottom up. And you guys all level up. You guys run these self-directed work groups without me now. I'm not there. Yeah. And look at the success that you've had, other people have had, and the people that are, look forward to those meetings to be held accountable. They're raising their hand saying, I want to be held accountable because I realize what it does for me. Well, and collectively in that group setting, you've got several different people with different mindsets, different backgrounds, different experiences. So it's better to have more people with more yes. solutions to how to help you. Like reach I'm running into this uh, hurdle right now. How have you solved that? And they're like, oh, this worked really well for me. Like, yeah. Perfect. 1000%. And so the biggest difference is I remember we used to do one-on-ones, right? That, that was our model and it worked great, but it only works to a certain point. The, yeah. the beauty of self-directed work groups is that it's, it's in the name. It's self-directed. You guys, you guys direct it yourselves whatever direction you want to go, and you don't rely on leadership to hold your hand, right? And so, number one, if leadership is holding your hand, they're probably not seeing it from every angle, and then you're going to be limited in your growth. But also, another point is if you do it in a group setting, number one, you have to have safety in your culture, going back to culture. You have yeah. to feel safe in that environment. If people don't feel safe, if they feel judged, mm -hmm. they're not they're not going to be open and they're not going to get what they should get out of that environment. Um, but second is it's self-directed. And so what I mean by that, you have a group setting and Colin has a different perspective than I have. Eric has a different perspective than I have. All these five other people that are in this meeting have a different perspective on what you're going through and they can teach you and you can learn more mm -hmm. through that. And we accountability, let's think of it from this perspective. 
we as human beings let ourselves down on a daily basis. No matter how hard we can, we can say that we don't, there's something that you wanted to do, you talked yourself out of on a daily basis. It can be yeah. something as little as I slept in five more minutes, right? Or I had that one cookie when I was trying to be healthy. You name it, right? It could be anything. I wanted to do five more reps in the gym. You name it. I wanted to make two more phone calls. There's something that we talk ourselves out of on a daily basis. But you can't do that in a, in a self-directed work group because public declaration is powerful. Yep. You will, Eric will hold himself more accountable to the group than he will himself 10 times out of 10 because he does not want he, – he's, he's used to letting himself down. This isn't just Eric. This is anybody. We're all used to, and it's easy to let ourselves down. Now, listen to the 75 Hard Podcast. It'll help you work through that where you let yourself down less. But – there's still power in that public declaration because yeah. you're way you don't want to come to that self-directed work group and say, guys, I failed. Mm-hmm. You don't want to let everybody. Especially not know. all three commitments. <laughs> yeah. I haven't, haven't been there yet, yeah. but two of three even. It's just it's a big letdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you if you did that with just yourself, say you wrote those every week and you wanted to commit them. Which one are you more likely to stay committed to the ones that you have to declare to the group or the ones that, oh, just Eric knows about these? Absolutely. The group. Yeah. One hundred percent. Well, uh, in the interest of time, we actually have to, to uh, close things out for it um, um, before we Before we jump, yeah. um, sorry, Colin's keeping me on schedule, but I have, I have a couple <laughs> more things I want to talk about. Is You talked about leverage has really helped you propel your career, and the team provides that leverage for you. So you talked about um, getting the lead support, getting the transaction support, the, the leadership, um, different showing partners, different like, hey, I need a team member to help out here. So talk about how leverage has really impacted your business now that you're on the team versus when you're kind of an independent agent doing it all by yourself? Well, it's it's like we have in our buyer consults, it's taking a lot off of our plates. We're not wearing so many different hats spread in all these different directions, which is why I had unorganized chaos with my last company. I didn't have Now things. you just have organized chaos. Well, yeah, still a tornado. I'm, I'm a hot mess, but... Um, yeah, it's it's just been huge having things like closing coordinators mm-hmm. to take a lot of that off my plate. And they are the best of the best at what they do. And it's because of our training, yeah. our processes with every aspect of the business. You can focus on the things that you do best um, and, and not spend time on stuff that you're like, this just drains the heck out of me. Yeah. One thousand <laughs> percent. And I, that was that was the model when I created the team was that's exactly calling you hit the nail on the head is that everybody has a gift. Mm-hmm. People, Eric is good at certain things and he's not so great at other things. Right. Come on. (laughs) And so what I mean by that is the team allows Eric and he said it in a different roundabout way earlier. It allows him to do focus on things that he is better at, that he enjoys. And he's able to do that. Exploit my strengths. Absolutely. Yes. And then guess what? Your weaknesses, the things that maybe you're not some of your tornado you keep referencing. Mm -hmm. The team helps organize that for you. Yep. And so now you can as an as an agent, you get paid when you close a home. There's, you don't get paid to show houses. You don't get paid to talk to lenders. You don't, sure you don't no. get any of that, right? And so the team has created leverage so Eric can spend more time helping more people and making more money. Yep. And on top of that, he's doing more of the stuff that he enjoys and that he's good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Eric, 
thanks so much. We, we definitely have to, to end now, but um, thanks so much for sharing your story. I hadn't heard most of it. Um, it's very neat to see the, the different pieces from the early days and how they've evolved to, to where you are now. And excited to have you back in another year and see. <laughs> Let's double it again, double man. Double it again. <laughs> double or nothing. That's right. Um, no, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Eric, this was great. Guys, thank you for listening. And again, we're bringing you true, proven results, not theory. So this is real. Like the, Eric doubled his, he was in the business for two years, joined the team, doubled his income the first year, doubled it again the second year. Forex his income in two years. Already in the business because of what you just heard here today. So take this serious, use this, apply this, implement it. This, this listening to this podcast is not gonna grow your business. You have to apply what you learned. And so, guys, thank you so much for listening. All or Nothing in Real Estate is a movement. Um, if you got any value, which I know you got value out of this episode, share it with a friend. We are, we, are doing, we are making this movement so that we can help more people and change more lives. That's our core focus. This is an extension of what we do on our team and allows us to help more people and change more lives. So share this with a friend, and thanks again for listening. Mm -hmm. And if you guys want to connect with Eric, uh, head to the Facebook page and join the group. Um, I'm sure that he'll pop his face in there, shoot him a message. Maybe he'll keep you accountable to something. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Gladly. so that group is all or nothing in real estate private group if you're looking for it. But that's, that's where we do a lot of exclusive content. You can reach out to any of the guests on there, um, ask questions. It's a, it's a collaborative effort. 100%. All right, see you guys next time. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of All or Nothing in Real Estate. If you found anything this valuable, please share this with your friends. All or Nothing in Real Estate is a passion project of mine. This business has done so much for me and my family, and this is my way to give back. I'm also a real estate coach with Chet Black Select Coaching. So if you are interested in having a coaching consultation with me, please check out the link below. All or Nothing in Real Estate is not just a podcast. It is a movement. It is a community of contribution that is single-handedly designed to help change the real estate community in a positive way. So make sure you're following us on all social, social platforms and subscribe to us on YouTube. Most importantly, make sure you've requested to join All or Nothing in Real Estate's private Facebook group. That is a private group that we keep in exclusive content and we do it in a private setting to make sure it remains a community of contribution. There's a lot of great in-depth content there for free. So please make sure you join that group as well. And again, Thank you guys so much for listening. If you found this of value, please share this with your friends. It is my goal to give back and contribute to make this industry better for all of us. Thanks again.